in your life have you seen anything like that? Three shots, four part, I just do two, one putt, part four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do, think I'll try to get on, into, start right, good line, good view, Andrew, shoot him, McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed at you, pew pew. With that five and might use the trap, man. I got a chip, man. Last ain't no boss be rated that bass, man. And where that ball land, watch that's on my hand. Is yours not the time, man? Yeah, that's my garment. Okay, welcome to On the Screws podcast. Uh, another episode here featuring Oshawa Golf and Curling Club head professional Jake McDalty. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing pretty well. Happy to be on. Good, good. Appreciate you coming on here. I'm just going to grab your photo here bring you out uh yeah so i just kind of wanted to chat with you jake i wanted to hear a little bit um you know just pretty much about uh about you just about um sorry i just got your photo up there i'm gonna bring you in there you are okay great uh just about you kind of what got you into the game where you are now you know you're you're a teacher the head professional at golf and uh oshawa golf and country club so maybe just kind of give us an, an idea of yourself yeah yeah currently i'm the teaching pro at the oshawa golf and curling club but uh, I guess originally from the, from the start from England, moved to Canada at nine years old, switched to all the Canadian sports, and that included golf in the summer, uh, about 13 years old, and then <clears throat> had a pretty quick improvement to university golf, and then from there to teaching golf. Uh, I still play tournaments, had a career that's had some wins in amateur golf and junior golf and professional golf. It's also had some rocky periods, and uh, I try and draw from all of those experiences in my lessons. Yeah, that's that's golf, right? We've all got yeah. those uh, those rocky positions. So, um, when you you were born in England, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. very cool. Did you did you play golf before you came over to Canada? No, no, no golf. Okay. And, um, didn't start till thirteen. Played a bunch of other sports. So uh, yeah, all the all the other sports. Yeah, like hockey in the winter, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah baseball yeah. and oh okay went, very cool i went in goal um because i couldn't skate okay so that uh you, when you don't start skating at five years old like canadians do you uh, oh yeah there's it, it's tough know, to it's tough to catch you up here yeah definitely yeah. um just great it's great it um i think it taught me a bit about being the last line last line defense okay and, yeah uh, i think that was pretty useful actually for for golf yeah, because well, every like you can draw from different sports, right? Like I was a goalie growing up. Um, I'm I'm short, right? Like, well, as far as goalies go now, like I'm I'm about five nine, five ten. Um, so unless you're kind of as I was growing up, it was the six foot one, two, three, four, and upwards. And now you got guys like Ben Bishop and stuff in the NHL that are, you know, six foot six and and over, right? So, uh, like with when I played hockey, it was always kind of like a mental game, right? So, um, especially being a goalie or being a defenseman, you're kind of like strategizing on the ice, right? So we can draw from yes. that and bring it into golf, right? So very cool. It's good that you're able to kind of relate those and you're a musician as well. I see, right? So I, I've been following Jake's Instagram on my personal for a while and, and as well as the OTS golf one, but I, I know that you're, uh, you're, you were a drummer and then now you're picking up guitar, is it? Yeah, so I, I call it BC, like before Christ, but before it's BG, before golf. Okay. In the time before golf, I played drums and 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 band and sort of elementary school and high school a little bit. Okay. Uh, but as soon as I started playing golf, I stopped. And our parents put uh, a golf net in the same place.
place where the drum set used to be. So naturally, I stopped playing, and I, I probably hadn't played for ten years until this uh, this year with the lockdown, and I decided to fork out the cash for an electronic drum set that sits in my garage now. Um, but never played guitar. My dad does, and my brother does, so we had a bit of a family band growing up, and uh, I thought another thing to do during lockdown because we don't have much to do right now. Do Do you find you have like uh, Do you have really fast hands? Like if you're a drummer, you no, no? okay. Uh, well, I mean, like uh, it's all relative, right? It's, it's you build up skill for drumming, and it doesn't immediately transfer to a guitar. Um, it's, it's it's all relative relative skill sets, but I think there's definitely a through line for things that I get good at. It's 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 things that you can do on your own for um, for a long period of time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've got um, like one of my closest friends. Uh, I know he kind of tunes in now and then. He's not much of a golfer. We played at uh, Angus Glen this past summer. Um, I had a pretty good round. Like I shot an 80. We were on the south course. I shot an 80, missed a birdie putt on the final for a 79. So that's a pretty decent round for myself. Um, and I, I think he shot like one. 60 something like uh, he's not a golfer so he uh is an incredible guitar player though he played at our wedding um just not sports oriented at all but it's it's funny like he is the most incredible guitar player like i know he plays like if if you're into guitar you'd know like joe satriani and steve vai and like these really good guitar players yeah so um so yeah yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely pretty cool to see how I don't know same type of thing though he kind of relates to you where um, like growing up he didn't have like a ton of friends and he was always playing guitar and stuff like that so when we got to know him in high school he kind of stopped playing we were like man like you gotta keep playing like you're very very good so yeah. uh, like he you know played in the band at school and whatnot and a little bit at some of the the bars and whatnot that we'd go to but um, so yeah tell us I guess uh, back to golf uh, a little say, I will say before. Yeah, um, it's been interesting being brand new playing guitar and noticing all the different things that I see in the beginner students I have at uh, the golf course as well in myself. Yeah, very, the, very similar. It's a, yeah, it's it's very similar. And this is a lot of my point when I actually teach players is that the, the stuff we know about learning is fairly universal. Um, there are just there are things you have to do to get better at it and starts with being uncomfortable with something new uh, and you might have to push yourself to the point where you start failing so if you're learning a new guitar riff it it's obviously it's uncomfortable i've never done it before the for me even putting the hand putting my hands on the guitar feels very weird okay like I, I have all the questions that beginner golfers come to you for they, they, they ask is my hand supposed to look like this on the club or is this is this on right is, does it look like this all the really basic stuff that you're just surprised they they ask that's what I've been noticing when I'm trying to play guitar. Okay, um, yeah. That, which I just think super interesting. Yeah, it makes me think. So I, I share it for that reason. Like I share I share that stuff on Instagram because I, I think it's cool for my students who are all going through that same thing Yeah. to see their coach doing it too for some, another, another venue. Yeah, that's kind of that like mental aspect, right? That's that's really cool, Jake. Like I, I'm not a, I'm not an a new golfer. I've been away from the game. Um, like I mentioned on some of the old podcast or uh, previous episodes, I had a bit of a back injury. So, but I golf like right through high school. Um, ever since I was probably about your age, maybe a little bit earlier, uh, when you started the game, I was probably about 10 or 11. Um, but yeah, like coming back to it this year and all the training, even that's progressed in the last few years since I've kind of been off is 
it's so progressive that I'm kind of like reconstructing my swing. So I have like an idea of what I want and then I'll take a video and it doesn't quite look the same or I'll be down in the basement hitting shots and, you know, I'm a little bit steep in this area, you know, or just certain things with your hands and little tweaks. So it's, um, it kind of does feel like I've broken it down a little bit. Luckily I have a bit of a base, so it's not like when I used to play seven nation army and that was all I could play when I was trying to learn guitar. So but um, yeah, so you're a teaching professional at Oshawa. Um, so what's kind of uh, like, what's your style? Like, it sounds like you've kind of given us a bit of your style um, or how you would teach your students. But like, I've seen a lot of your, like you use a lot of technical aids and whatnot as well, right? Like the the body track. Um, and I, ha- I have them. I've just gotten them. I've just gotten a body track and a K-Vest. I've had a, four, a GC Quad Foresight for a while. Um but actually, I wouldn't call myself a technical coach, like using technology that much. Okay. Um, I kind of grew up in the area where TrackMan and these launch monitors were pretty new. And so the coaches were sort of figuring them out. And you'd get right. the lessons all the time where it was hit ball, look at number, hit ball, look at number, hit ball, look at number. And I, I really, I mean, thinking back, I couldn't think of a worse use of time. So the one, I mean, the way I teach is the way anyone would try to improve anything. Really, you come up with a plan, you figure out what you're going to do, and then you just you help somebody do it. And it's it, I'd say a lot of the similarities are from um, what you'd see if you went to a personal trainer. Right. You know, we set our plan. We set our plan in the first session, first two sessions maybe, depending on the person, and then we decide how many times they're going to come see me, and we we just execute that plan. And it might be technical, it might be on the golf course, um, it might be something different, but it's not willy-nilly. We don't change stuff every every lesson, um, and I make an effort not to use stuff that they can't find themselves for their own practice. So for that reason, I don't use the uh, the technology as much as it might appear. It's, uh, it's used a lot in first sessions, but after that... yeah. Um, it's not a tool that you can bring to the range. So I want to find a way that you can work on whatever your thing is without it. Well, yeah. Cause like you'll, you'll get a gauge using those things and then like it can become addictive, right? Like if you see videos of like Kyle Berkshire and Bryson and like they're completely addicted to swing speed and, and trying to get faster and faster and faster. And you know, like we saw the masters, it doesn't always translate to success. Right. So I like that. It's about how you use it. So like, Kyle Berkshire and and uh, and Bryson, their, their their plan is to get faster. So having a radar that tells you how fast you are, and then using it to create a game is is a great way to do it. But if your goal is to shoot a lower score, and then the machine pops out numbers of path and tack angle, how relevant is that to your score? Right. It's up to the coach to decide. But uh, I think the speed stuff is it's a very good. Very good way to use that, I think. Um, yeah. I just don't do a ton of it. I, I do it with some of our senior members who are looking to keep the ball in the air for a bit longer. We do it with some of our juniors, but uh, it definitely doesn't make up the majority of many of my clients or students. Um, but there, there are some coaches that do. There's some coaches that are sort of all about speed, and that's a good thing to be about, too. Yeah. Like I know it's, it's just so popular. It's kind of like dominating a lot of conversations, right? So I don't have a fast swing speed. I wish I was faster, but so, you know, I'm kind of like you're saying, I try to figure out 
ways to get around the course. I have a lot better short game than I do, you know, a long iron game. I'm for some reason I'm like decent off the tee, but I, I'm, I don't know. I struggle with my long irons, but I have a decent touch around the green. So I kind of just try to, you know, hone in the skills that I know I'm good at and slowly improve on the other things. Right. So, yeah, um, good plan. yeah, yeah. You have to kind of have your own, uh, assessment of your game and be practical and kind of plan for success, right? Or you'll just go out there and be frustrated as golf is for a lot of people, yeah. right? So well, this is it, exactly it. You have to have your own plan, and for that, I mean, for that reason, I don't, I don't share tips at all. Really, I can't even remember if I've ever done one on social media uh, because it's. I just, I don't like contributing to the just vast network of tips out there. That um, I know, even in my own game, I've been confused and sort of. I called it scatterbrained, and something I wrote recently. Yeah, um, and I see that every week on Lassity is a, a golfer that consumes this stuff all day, um, or at least every day at some point, and then they have difficulty actually committing to a plan because they see something new all the time, and it's I mean, we have enough new stuff going through our heads. We don't need to add to it. Yeah, by all these you know, all these tips. But well, one of the be- one of the best things I think people can do if they're working with a coach is actually shut off all that um, all that extra social media, YouTube golf content. Yeah, like I know I used it um, a little bit kind of just getting back into the game this year. And it was a lot, right? It got to the point where you can only absorb so much and then go out and kind of work. Like the golf, your golf game is kind of a long game, right? It's there's, it's so complex. The the swing is so complex that it you can't tweak things every single time you go out. Um, not at our level anyway, or not at my level. Um, and a lot of people like myself that might be coming to a professional like you for a lesson – there's only so much that I would be able to absorb and be able to kind of work into my swing. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, reason that you, sorry, go ahead. You come, yeah. Sorry. The whole reason you go to somebody is because you don't want to spend the time to try and fit all these pieces of information together in a way that makes sense in your head. You want somebody to tell you what you should be doing with your limited time away from work to get better at golf. So you don't need to, like, if you find a good coach, if you put the effort to find somebody who knows what you're talking about, then you don't need to be, plugging into all these different sources of information. I mean, I just can't imagine I was teaching on a lesson tee and, and I was trying to teach the golfer in front of me and 17 other YouTube pros and Instagram coaches were uh, trying to give a tip to them by the side. I would just get, they would be banned. They'd be banned on my lesson tee. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. I could, uh, I could understand so that. So many golfers do it on, they just do it willingly right, with, uh, uh, with Instagram or YouTube and it's makes it hard to focus. Um, and you need to focus if you want to if you want to improve something. And nobody has unlimited time. You got to use the time you have as well as you can. Absolutely, absolutely. That's well said. Thank you, Jake. That is really well said because, like, even um, like things like uh, I know I use like the eighteen birdies app and stuff like that on the course this year, and like it's easy to plug your phone in. And then I remember I went and played um around actually you might know this uh young man blake yetman um yeah so he's um my well my cousin through marriage he's my wife's cousin so i went and played around with him and i actually um did pretty well like he is a very good golfer um i don't know if he listens or not but he is a very good golfer and i i think i was through four holes or something and i was one stroke ahead of him we were just playing like a little family event and uh I could tell he was getting pretty nervous and then the wheels fell off for me on like the first par five or something. Um, and he quickly, uh, 
quickly took the score back, but I kind of wrote everything out on the scorecard and it was really nice at the end of the round. Like it felt like I was kind of back in high school, you know, playing in like a loss, a tournament or something. And it like, it, it felt good to kind of re- reflect on that versus just kind of plugging it into an app. Right. So, uh, yeah, but you, yeah. want to do that. you want to do that reflection. Definitely. That's uh, your brain reorganizes itself in doing the reflection. So if you do it with a, with a pen and paper, it's even better, I think to organize your brain, but, definitely it's a it's a big thing to do yeah it was just a different yeah a different way to like analyze the round i had my putts on there my green and regulations fairways and it was kind of all written out on the card and i kind of look back i think i shot like a 75 too um which was one of my lower rounds of the year so i was really happy with it and i was really happy that i recorded it well um but yeah so with the upcoming season um i would definitely i know you're playing with the toronto players tour and you had a win on that tour last year yeah, so can yeah, you tell yeah. us a little bit about uh, what you have happening this year? That's, that's cool, actually, because that Toronto Players Tour was new last year, and uh, I and I don't go down south in the winter like a lot of those mini tour guys do because I teach. Um, so it's I, I was playing in those events, but really didn't get ready for the PGA schedule, and uh, surprised, surprised because I didn't have much practice before that, but I played quite well at Black Bear and, and won against good field of pros in the first Toronto Players event, which is cool because they've done so well um, with a new tour this year. But yeah, so, you, so you're asking about this season coming up? Yeah, yeah, quickly. I, I played Black Bear um, at the beginning of this year and it was a beautiful course. So I always, I've talked about it a few times, but anybody listening, that's a course that's oh, definitely so worth the drive. Oh yeah, beautiful so course. Good. Yeah, so I'm just kind of curious. You were saying that you were doing kind of like a schedule prep uh, this evening with uh, some of your some of your um, students. So, what have you kind of done to get prepared for the year? What do you have like? What tournaments do you have set up and whatnot? Yeah, so I coach, but I still try and play in professional tournaments. I find it to be my hobby, um, but also my students love it. So, uh, especially if I'm doing well. So I, it's difficult to manage. Just a dual schedule of trying to play enough events to stay sharp, but also be able to teach. Um, and the other the other piece of that puzzle now is that uh, the tournament juniors I coach all have their own schedules of tournaments, and I want to be able to see them play too. We've got three things to organize at the start of the year. How many tournaments I'm going to play, when are they going to play tournaments, when I'm going to teach. Um, so it looks like I'll probably play the main PJ of Ontario events, and I'll sprinkle in a handful of Great Lakes and uh, Toronto Players Tour events to fill in the times uh, when that makes sense. Okay, and you won that tournament last year? Yep. Nice, okay. I, I actually, uh, I've got a photo, and funny enough, I think it's rolling over the overlay right now, and I think that was uh, that was when you had won at that event. Um, very yeah, cool. Me and, me and Noah Steele were co-champions at uh, that event. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, that's, that's great. Hopefully you can repeat. Where, um, where was that one last year? Uh, well, Black Bear. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, I won two other events last year. I won the Parasport Pro-Am at our home club, Oshawa. Okay. And then uh, I won our PG of Ontario Player of the Year Championship at the end of the year, which is at the Legends of Niagara. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that was the one uh, I saw, yeah. So that was a nice one. I, I won the Ontario Assistance last year. Um, so it was two years in a row winning a PG of Ontario event. It would be nice to keep that going this year. Those events there, they're just a lot of fun. Um, it's nice to get some tournament pressure on. Nice to see the guys that also play those tournaments. The same same little group of thirty guys or more, um, and it's a nice break for the season. 
keeps the passion up for for teaching that's for sure Absolutely. I um, follow that Instagram page. I know that they were posting kind of like a countdown of some of the players. Um, so definitely check it out. They, I think they highlight one every day uh, for the month of February. So it's, um, it's definitely pretty cool to kind of check them out and get familiar with, uh, with some of the players and whatnot. Um, so one of the most popular questions in golf right now is what's in the bag. So can you share what's in your bag this year? Do you change out a lot of clubs? Like do you, so traditionally my driver has been something I just have not, done well with but i've been on a hot three years uh, maybe four years of driving it really well okay Um, so i've got a ping g420 in the bag there not much of a gear guy i gotta say but i but i love that driver okay Um, i have the same three wood uh and then the rest of the bag's tied list rest of the bag's tied list okay so you can can kind of switch out but uh, i got the cb um, must not, not blades, but uh, uh, cavity backs, forged irons for a tie list. Okay, which I which I really like too. But I'm not I'm not a gear guy. I I find stuff I like. I don't change it every year. Um, I'll stick with stuff that's good. It's when, when you're playing tournaments for money. It's it's tough to switch something out when it's working well. Oh, absolutely. That's. Uh, I definitely can't relate to that in my game. I might be playing the odd for the odd beer, the odd uh, couple of bucks here and there. But I found um, kind of coming back into the game, there was such a – it seemed like equipment was a big topic, right? So I got like a game improvement iron at the start of the year, um, the M6, TaylorMade M6. So I felt like uh, like they served the purpose at the start of the year. Um, and then I just actually picked up a new set for uh, for this upcoming season. Um so I'll be playing the Srixon Z uh, ZX7. So, nice. yeah, yeah, We're, yeah. All, all the manufacturers now they just make really good equipment. If you find if you find something that's good for you and fit well. Yeah, I really like them. Uh, Mike at uh, TXG he recommended them, and they came with like the uh, Modus Nippon shafts. So it's kind of like a an upgraded shaft that's sort of stock with Strixon. So. I'm pretty happy with them. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to hitting them. I've been hitting them down in the basement a little bit, but I can only kind of hit you know the eight or nine iron, and and that's about it, right? So, um, I like my driver. I've had the same putter. I actually just got a new putter um, as well. The Scotty Cameron 2011 Delmar, um, love it. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of very similar to my old putter. Um, I'll probably mix the two of them in, but that's kind of one of those clubs that, yeah, I agree. You can't really change too much if you like it and yourself, like if you're playing tournaments for, for money, it's, that's a, that's a club you got to trust, but, um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta love your stuff. Yeah. That's, I I can, like, I think now I'll probably settle in on this stuff for a little while. I, I play Titleist uh, wedges. I think, you know, I really like them. I might kind of uh, reshaft them if my swing speed gets up a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I've kind of really enjoyed them. Um, I wanted to I wanted to ask you though, because you got me thinking. Because you came over, um, you came over from England to Canada when you were younger. So, were you a golf fan before that? Like, do you have any favorite players th- then or no, or now? I, I actually, I was. I don't think I liked it until the year I started playing. Okay. I played tennis before. Tennis was sort of my summer sport before playing golf, and then uh, I, at one point realized I was never going to be uh, a great tennis player. Just was never fast enough. Even though I, I loved it, I played a few tournaments, but uh, and I played in high school. But uh, golf seemed like the thing to try, and 
that first year, I think like anyone who plays who plays more regularly for any season, they, it's addictive. Yeah. Um, and so then once I had the bug, it was me and my brother that were there every day for probably the next seven years, really. And then uh, went to school. And just, once you start and you're addicted and you've got some background sports and you get some good advice, you're on a good path. Like, there's not much else you need to do. Um, except just keep practicing. So it was, it was a bit nuts. I mean, we used to, um, my dad used to uh, pull the car up and use the car lights for keeping us to hit at uh, night. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Uh, yeah, we, we'd be pull up at eight o'clock and be dark and we'd uh, get another hour of balls because we weren't happy of how we played today <laughs> that day. No, that's, that's, that's very cool. Cause I, I find that golf is kind of, um, a sport that a lot of people get addicted to even at any level, right? So you can be a scratch golfer and be out playing every single day and absolutely love it, but you can be shooting. Like I got a lot of friends in my group that are, you know, still struggling to break a hundred and they're absolutely loving the game. Right. So I, I love, I like that about golf and it's, um, it gives us, it gives back to us as, as much as we give to it. Right. So it's, um, it's definitely a game that you can play for a long time as well. So, and, and, and enjoy. So I kind of like that, uh, like that thought process. Um, I did, I wanted to ask you something though. So I was, I was reading through, um, an article today, and I remembered a post of yours. I think it was it was maybe like a story that you posted, or or um, maybe on Facebook or something last season. And I believe you're walking through the course with uh, with some of your students, kind of working on their yardages. Do you remember that? I don't remember that specific. Post, okay. Uh, I don't know why it popped out of my mind uh, when I read this today, but I guess it's because like you and I were having this chat, but at the PGA championship this year at uh, Kiowa Island, they are the PGA of America has allowed the usage of um, like distance measuring devices, whether it be a range finder, uh, like, I don't know about an app, a GPS, anything. So um, it made me think because you were kind of walking the courses with some of your students and whatnot. I don't know at what level they are not allowed to use those devices anymore, but what do you think about the PGA tour allowing that for, for the PGA championship? So sorry, what did they allow? So they're allowing any range finders on course on the weekend of play. What's that? Sloping. Uh, they didn't. Yeah. I I mean, I don't care. I got no problem with PGA tour or, or any of those tours using, using that. I mean, the caddies are so good, right? Like compared to the caddies, I mean, the caddies are really good, and the benefit of the caddies is that they know their player really well. Um, I I don't have a good, I don't have a hard feeling either way on the rangefinder or not thing for pros. Uh, I don't think it is going to slow up the game that much at all, um, which is the main argument against that. For juniors, I have a bit more feelings on uh, they should probably avoid it at least. For a portion of their practice, or at least for up until a certain age, uh, but that's that's the tourists don't need to do that. They they should juniors should be doing that on their own. Uh, it's like putting blinders on. If you if you're you just you, you stop being aware of the surroundings, when you can just grab the thing, put it to your eye, and click the click the flag, you stop realizing all oh, the green is slanted at this angle, and it, because it's slanted, it's shorter. And I got to hit to this zone and this zone. Rather, rather than click, that's where I'm going. Um, 
but pros are the pros are the pros know what's going on there. Yeah, like uh, sorry, go ahead. I just think juniors are a bit premature to uh, to pull out the rangefinder. I thought, um, like, if anything, too, it'll speed up the game, right? Which is, I know, kind of a, a big topic in golf right now to try and kind of make it more appetizing for people getting into the game, right? So um, it'll it'll kind of save the caddies and stuff a lot of time because, you know, they're they're there on the Monday or the Tuesday um, after the Monday qualifiers, probably walking the course Tuesday, Wednesday, getting prepared, kind of, you know, so I think it'll, <laughs> they'll probably be pretty happy about it. It just seemed a lot of people were quite upset and I don't think I really understood why, but um, yeah, I think it'll be, I, I think it'll be fine for the game. And and um, so if, if you're talking about your juniors, now, why would you recommend that they don't use the rangefinder? Do you mean like while on course during a round? I just think that players should be a bit careful, and that when you're doing you're using a rangefinder compared to uh, to compared to not using a rangefinder, is you're shrinking the amount of information that you can perceive about about the about the situation. Um, <clears throat> If you're getting your yardage just from the, a click and a number, versus seeing the surrounding area more, what I find when I'm working with juniors is that that's what it does. It's like putting the blinders on. They don't see the things around the green that aren't in line with the flag um, when they spend a lot of time with a with a rangefinder. So you you want to develop a, especially if you're going to be a competitive golfer, you want to be, be able to develop processes that take in the whole surrounding. Um, and you don't, you sh- I don't think you should skip straight to here's a rangefinder click. Okay. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that because I got one, uh, this year, this is the first time that I'll use one and it's more for kind of tracking yardages and stuff like that myself, just for kind of my own notes and whatnot. But I've always played the game with, um, like I'm fairly accurate with my short irons, but kind of like you're saying where you can, you know, miss hit and still have success. Right. Yeah, I mean, for example, if you if you played around um, without half your irons, and you decided you were not going to use your rangefinder, and you did this four or five times, you would learn things that you wouldn't have learned about course management that you that you wouldn't. I don't think you would have learned if you had the rangefinder and all your stuff. So I just encourage juniors to make sure that they're not closing themselves off to things like that by trying to get the most accurate information first. Um, learning to be done and getting the mistakes short and long the green or, or seeing the stuff to the left and right. Yeah. I like that. I've, I've, um, like I've played some club games and stuff with uh, friends, like when we're out on the course and, and I like, like, so if you lose a hole, you lose a club or two or whatever it may be. And I like kind of having to work that into the process of course management. Um, it, it kind of like, it indirectly indirectly helps like you're losing the match or whatever it may be, but you got to kind of think about, okay, I have to adjust my game. So say for instance, somebody takes away, uh, you know, your three wood and you're hitting into a par five. Now you might be thinking about going kind of mid iron, mid iron or something and approaching that way where as you would maybe get aggressive with your three wood and, and, you know, it's kind of it doesn't really have anything to do with the three with uh, the yardages necessarily, but it kind of allows you to to think more, which is I guess the same kind of idea that you have is is just thinking more about the green and the surroundings and what you can yeah. do. So yeah, that's a, I might have to try that game playing with uh, just even numbers or odd numbers or something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I highly, highly encourage it. 
Yeah. Do you have any uh, other ideas or games or anything that you play with uh, with any of your students? I know you had posted um, one time about playing like par twos inside 100 yards. and. Yeah, I mean, I like any games that keep the core elements of golf in them. So you've got decisions to make, a score to keep. Um, you've got to hit shots where you have one chance. Uh, and then you've got to follow it up with a different type of shot. So par twos are fantastic. I much prefer par twos than par two up and down type competitions than, than individual putting games um, or individual chipping games. I just think they, they, they transfer much better and uh, the, the, the skill sets do combine. Like there is something to hitting a, a good chip and then needing to make the putt. It's not, you're not done with the good chip when you're in a tournament. Um, so you have there's a, there's a little switch there in between that if you're just practicing the chip, you don't actually learn to keep your focus in between the two shots and you can just be like happy with what you've done. Uh, where I've, I think if you can practice in games and if you can practice in games that, tr- that keep the main elements of golf, then you're, then you're doing a better job. That's, that's not to say there's never a time for, for stripping something down, but uh, in general, I like to, like to do that kind of game. Yeah, very cool. I like that. Um, now, I know you've got a, another event uh, tonight to get ready for, so I won't keep you. Um, just wanted to, uh, like, I like kind of your analytical process, like approach of the game. And, and uh, hopefully somebody else that's, you know, listening to this um, will as well. So maybe you can let us know if anybody has any questions or maybe wants to connect with you for a lesson or any thoughts or any ideas at the Oshawa Golf and Curling Club. How would they reach you? Sure. Um, best way to reach me is my email, jakenultygolf at gmail.com. You can check out my website where I've been posting a few blogs. Um, I post to Instagram, but I'm not spending less and less time there. So um, see it if you like. If not, no big deal. Um, we're looking for people for our Team OGC competitive. So if you're in the GTA and you're interested in a maybe different type of competitive program, um, we're open to players. We've got nine guys now and we're growing every year. So um, hopefully we'll hear some hear from some of you. I'll, um, I'll make sure uh, down below if anybody's watching this on YouTube, I'll, I'll uh, throw your website in there. And um, when I post the, uh, when I post this up to Apple and Spotify and all that, I'll, I'll link your website as well. So if anybody's looking to get a hold of you, that would, uh, that'd be the way to find you. Sure. It's great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much, Jake. Um, definitely looking forward to uh, like I know you're not a huge social media guy, but hopefully I can uh, I can kind of track your uh, your success this year. I know there'll definitely be some, so I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing how you how you do and at some of the events, and maybe you can uh, you know post up your schedule or or something for some of us that are looking to follow along. I might do that. All right, Jake. Well, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy the course uh, tonight, and uh, yeah, good luck this season. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Bye for now. See ya. I got a chip, man. Last ain't no boss be rate of that best man. And where that ball land, watch that's on my hand is yours at the time, man. Yeah, that's my garment. I feel like rhyming.